It takes an extraordinary team to embark on an extraordinary mission. WealthVest presents the 99 Best Marketing Ideas, a podcast dedicated to bringing financial advisors the most cutting-edge marketing strategies. Listen in as your fellow advisors share their top ideas to help you conquer your marketing needs. Hello and welcome to another 99 Best Ideas podcast. Today we have Andrew Van Buren, CEO of Adventist Wealth and host of the Nitty Gritty podcast. Andrew, I, I think uh, I like to start all of these podcasts with with the same big picture question because you have built a pretty darn successful organization. How did this all begin? So it's funny. And when I look back on my career, I have to look back when I was young, even at high school, I was always the kid who was kind of obsessed with business and and money and finance to a certain degree. Like I don't think I've ever read a book just for fun. Like I would go on family vacations and I was literally reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and you know, all these different types of books. And my friends would always joke, hey, we're gonna grow up and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play with money when we get older. And so I don't know why, but from a really young age, I've always just kind of enjoyed learning the rules of money and and how things work. And I loved to talk to people who were successful. And I loved to figure out like what things they did and what things they didn't do that kind of helped them become successful. And so I always kind of had that in me when I was young. And after I graduated college, I did the summer sales. Um, it's big here. And so what that is, is so you travel all around the nation and you go door to door selling alarms. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners have had someone in a polo shirt knock on their door and try to sell them an alarm. So I did that for five years, everywhere from California to New Jersey and everywhere in between. And at the end of that, I got married and I got introduced to, I got reintroduced to the financial industry at that point. And it was just kind of a perfect fit for me. And it was something that I just jumped in head first and I haven't looked back. Well, you have your CFP and then you also have another designation, the CTS. Would you mind telling us what the CTS is? Yeah. So the CTS is a certified tax specialist. And oh. I found out that I really enjoyed kind of the tax planning side of advisory. I don't have the patience to be like an actual CPA and do tax prep, but I love the high level strategic planning side with regards to taxes. And so I searched out some designations because I'm kind of a consumer of information. I never stop. I love to learn. And so that was just kind of a next step for me after my CFP was to deepen my understanding and how to use the tax code to clients' advantage. And that really leads us to the second question, which is what makes your practice unique and different, which is why I started with that is because that I haven't I've seen it before, uh, but I actually didn't remember what it was. And I love the fact that one you're always learning, and number two, that you were seeking out something that was going to make your practice unique and different. But let's break it down a little bit more. So, Andrew, what what is it about your firm? What is it about Adventus that is is different? So, probably the biggest thing is the fact that I don't work with retirees. That's not who I'm looking for. I found that I really enjoy working with kind of the business owners, the people who are still in the accumulation stage and where I feel like the value can be added 
is more in the planning side as opposed to just kind of investing their money. And it happened because I, I would continually get clients that would ask me for help or advice or consulting on all sorts of things that had nothing to do with their portfolio that was in the market. And they would always make comments about how they wished that there was an advisor or there was some type of structure in which they could engage with someone and not feel like the end result was always money going into the market. And so that was kind of where Aventus was born under the premise that we're going to provide kind of this, you know, totally independent consulting for our clients. And we have a very specific tax focus when we're doing that for them. And so that's, that's, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen is really unique because I'm not targeting retirees with a 401k rollover. I'm, you know, I'm doing something a little bit different. It's so refreshing to hear that that is your market because <clears throat> one, you're building a business, right? So these people are making deposits. I've said this for years. I would personally, as a financial services professional, rather you make deposits every single solitary month, then take withdrawals every single solitary month, right? Exactly. That seems to be a much better business model to me. And you've also niched yourself out. Is that just because, I mean, be, besides the people asking you, I mean, you, you have to have a passion for the business part of it. Would you mind talking to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I am an entrepreneur at heart and my passion for learning people's stories is kind of carried with me. Hence kind of the nitty gritty podcast is born from that. But I love working with people where there's really complex situations and there's a lot of moving pieces and you can make little small kind of changes that add a little bit of efficiency, but make dramatic differences for the client over time. And I've always felt that well, let me take it back. When I first got into the business, I I was working under a life insurance general agency. And just because of the structure of the business, I would meet with someone and my manager, kind of his question to me would be, well, how are we going to sell this guy a policy? And I always hated that, but that was just the structure of the business. That's how we were compensated. That's what we were there to do. And so I liked that I could come to these people and there was no hidden agenda. There was no strings attached to the advice I was going to give them. So if I'm meeting with a client and the best thing for them to do is go and buy some land or go into real estate or in crypto or something else, we can build a plan and a structure that will support that. And they can know that I don't have any hidden agenda when I'm talking to them. How do you communicate that though, Andrew? How I mean, that you just had a mouthful there. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> How are you marketing this level of detailed services uh, to prospects specifically? So I tell them it's kind of like a family office to where I work for the client. And my, my one line, I call it, I call it no strings attached um, advice. And that's what I tell them. The advice you're going to get from me, there's no strings attached to it. Well, what does that mean? So what that means is we will look at everything. We work with their current advisors and we can help them determine, like I said, whether it's taxes or real estate, if they need to get into the market, if it's legal, we build this team of professionals around the client. And so they have this team of experts where they can come to and know that everything can be handled for them. And then my job is to coordinate the effort of all these different professionals. So the client isn't left to 
plan with me and then go and tell his CPA and then go talk to his attorney mm-hmm. and then go talk to his insurance agent, all the different things that are trying to go on. He can come to one place and know that there's communication between all of his team of advisors working for him. And at the end of the day, the only thing that we are focused on is outcomes for him. Now, I know thousands of advisors who that's a pipe dream for them, right? What you are is what they want to be. How in the heck do you not have issues with the CPA and other financial advisors and real estate agents and estate planning attorneys? And how how did you really get yourself to be that hub, that really, truly trusted quarterback? So I think it all started when I decided to become kind of an expert in a couple different strategies for clients that owned businesses. And I focused on business owners who ran businesses typically from 2 million of gross revenue, kind of up to 20 to 30 million of gross revenue. So kind of a smaller business owner, but that was profitable. And so I focused on a couple of really specific strategies. And then what I would do is I'm a big believer in providing value and, and content. And so I would go to this team so I go to the client's teams and I would just present these ideas to them and I would let them kind of be the expert. So I would go to the CPA, I would talk about these tax strategies, and then I would let the CPA present it to their client and let them kind of look like the hero of the situation. And I'm just the resource that the CPA brings in to help their clients. Now, would you mind unpacking that just a little bit more? So our our listeners are financial services professionals and agents ranging from brand new in the in- industry to you know about to exit. Would you mind just giving us a, a brief glimpse of, of what some of those strategies are that are so well received uh, and then even potentially where they might be able to get some ed- continuing education to become the expert like sure. you become? So one of the tools that I use that's been really beneficial specifically with uh, CPAs is tax code 831B. And a lot of people know this as captive insurance. And the truth is there's a lot of really bad information out there. There's been some bad players, but it's a really powerful tax strategy when it's understood properly. And so I spent years studying and researching and reading books and literally going to CPAs and attorneys and clients and really figuring out what is the correct way to do this and how can it really help and where where is the abuse happening i mean like i went to a a symposium just probably 3 or 4 months ago where the lead irs prosecuting attorney in 831b's was presenting how the irs is looking at this stuff and so that's one specific strategy that i can now take to a cpa and i can kind of you know simplify it a little bit because they're so busy because most of them, they make a lot of their money in the tax preparation. And so they're trying to get through as many clients as they can. They're trying to do tax returns for as many people as possible. They don't necessarily have the time to spend hours and hours researching these to know the right way. So when they hear of the abuse and when they hear or read the headlines of you know how not to do it, they simply just kind of close off and say, you know what, that's probably not going to work for my clients. So what I can do is I can go in there and kind of 
peel it back a little bit, show them where the abuse is happening, show them how it actually can and should be used. And then, like I said, allow them to present that idea to their clients. And now they're a hero. And I now become a really trusted resource to that CPA. That's freaking brilliant, dude. Yeah, it's, it's worked so well. And a lot of advisors have a hard time getting into CPAs because they just show up and start asking for clients. I've taken the different approach where yeah. I'm always just saying, hey, let me show you this idea. And then I always take the approach of, please poke holes in this. I want you to find what I'm not seeing. And so I'm asking for their help. And so as I'm, as I'm talking about this, their their guard goes down because it's not like I'm teaching them. I'm asking them for their help, but at the same time, I'm really teaching them how it's done. You know, Andrew, it's it's weird to me that you bring that up in that technique because because um, I was taught that in grad school. Uh, we uh-huh. called it the humble approach, and in the humble approach is when you're trying to get referrals. And, and I was a therapist, so I was trying to get referrals from you know state health, blah, 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 all those different things, and even other therapists. And I would, because I had a very specific niche like you do, uh, and I would go in, and all of a sudden, I was in the humble position, you know, kind of bowing to their expertise. And I would say the same sorts of things, like, hey, shoot holes in this. What am I thinking about? Am I thinking about this wrong? But the super awesome thing is when their light bulb goes on, and they're like, no, you're thinking about this right. All of a sudden, my relationship with that person changed entirely, you have unlocked a referral source opportunity there that so many of our listeners are dying to be able to unlock. Now, we're going to switch gears here because I want to know, what are some of the things that you have tried from a marketing perspective that just didn't work? So I think I've tried everything and anything, honestly, over my career. I mean, one thing that's for me that I know specifically to a lot of listeners that do very successfully is seminars. For one reason or another, it just it never worked for me. And I don't know if it's I didn't put the time into it or the follow-up, whatever it was. I mean, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to do these seminars and it just didn't ever work. The other thing that honestly hasn't worked for me, and this might sound weird, but is working with a ton of clients. I find that for me, if I work with a smaller subset of clients, I can provide a significantly better experience to them. And so even when I got in the business, like I remember on the life insurance side, the goal was you want to get in and you want to sell 100 life insurance policies a year. And that was their path to success in this industry. And for me, for whatever reason, that just it didn't ever work. I tried it and didn't work. And so I found a way to, you know, I think the most I ever did in one year when I got started was 16, but I was still a top 10 producer nationwide for the company. I just found a different way to do it as opposed to just, you know, the, the law of large numbers. So those would be a couple of things that I would say that I tried and it just didn't fit my personality. It didn't fit how I, how I like to work. You know, Andrew, what a brilliant level of insight. So many people are like, well, that person is successful doing it. So therefore I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just like them. And therefore I will be successful. Part of it has to be you being true to yourself and what your skill sets are. If you're if you don't like being up in front of a group of people, which as you know, Andrew, very mm-hmm. few people really like that, right? Um, then then seminars might not be the way to go. But man, if you love getting up in front of people and you can move crowds and all that stuff, then that that is definitely money well spent. 
finding your success in marketing is, um, when did you figure, I mean, did you just figure that out early on because of the law of large numbers? And you're like, you know, this isn't really how I function. When did you have that epiphany? And then how long did it take you to become sustainable after so that epiphany? Part of it, I think, is just my nature and call it stubborn or whatever it is. I really enjoy when someone says, this is how you do it. I like to find a different way to do it. Like, I, I just, I love challenging kind of like the status quo. Like it's, so when I came into the business and I said, this is the only way for you to be successful. It was like, I want to prove you wrong. I want to prove to you that I can do it differently. You know? So I think part of that had to do with it. And honestly, the other part was it was just over years of maybe bad experiences. I, I'm a big believer, though, that I don't ever fail in anything. I just learn. And so as I had you know, a failed seminar, it was not, well, that was money that I wasted. It was, okay, I learned a lot from that. And so now how can I take what I learned and uh, you know, apply that to maybe an area where I am really good? And so I would take little things... My favorite thing, if you remember way back in the day, there was a commercial from a chemical company called BASF and their tagline was, we don't make the things you buy, we make the things you buy better. I've always kind of taken that as who I am. Like I'm not really creative. I'm not going to come up with these really cool ideas for a business or for a marketing strategy. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to find something and I'm going to find a way to make it better. And I want to find a way to make it work for me. And that's how I've kind of built my career. Let's talk about execution. How do you execute, especially when it comes to all of these players on the field? As far as like the players with like the other advisors? Yeah. So you being the quarterback, uh, I mean, how, how do you manage all of those relationships and make sure everybody's working together? And, you know, we we really want to focus on execution here because, People come up with ideas, <clears throat> but they're only ideas, Andrew. They, they're not like, oh, I can go do this. So help us understand how you go do this. So one, the best thing that I did um, was I hired an awesome operations manager. I was able to, I met him early in my career and he actually left and went and worked for Fidelity for a handful of years. And he was always kind of, I kept him in the back of my mind because he was really good at kind of the X's and the O's. So I'm a big believer that you stick to your strengths and you hire out your weaknesses. And honestly, for me, a, a weakness of mine are systems and processes. And so what I do, I know exactly what needs to be done, but I don't necessarily have you know, the desire to sit down and create the A, B, C, D on how, I need, on how it needs to get done. And so one of the best things I did was I found a really good operations manager who's come in. And between the two of us, we... we we complement each other well, but we leverage technology. So, you know, we have planning software, we have CRM, we have task management. And the key to all of that is just making sure the systems are talking to each other. And at the end of the day, the question we're always asking ourselves is, are we providing a wow experience for our client? Not, is it acceptable? Like, what can we do that would make the client want to talk about this? And that's kind of our approach with how we do that. And that, that filters over to the other professionals. And so a big thing we do is we're in constant communication. So if we're making a plan and it involves a, tax or a, a legal entity, we make sure that we talk to the attorney, we get their buy-off, but then we also follow up with them and let them know exactly what's going on. And we tell them, we say, hey, 
if this is taking too much time, we absolutely will pay for an hour or two hours, whatever time that you're going to spend. We don't expect you to do this for free. We will 100% pay for your time. Now, very rarely, in fact, I don't think I've ever been charged for it, but I will always, I always will say that up front that I am willing and able to pay for your time if you have to spend time on this. Well, you're showing that you truly value and you respect their their professionalism. I want to I want to take a, a couple of steps back to to team myself up into one of the final questions that I have for you. Number one, I'm going to summarize something that you said there that you don't feel like any of your marketing efforts have been failures because they've been great learning experiences. Andrew, that is a common theme on this show. Uh, most successful people who've achieved the level of success where they will get invited onto the 99 Best Ideas podcast, that's how they look at marketing. So I greatly appreciate that. And then number two is having that number two. We just interviewed somebody who... Um, who she is the number two. And we were just talking about how powerful and important that operating per that implementer really is in a practice because you can't wear all of those different hats. The more you're able to stay in your own lane, the more successful you're going to be. And honestly, just the overall, your level of happiness is going to be even higher, which leads me to the question, which is if you had one piece of advice for, for brand new advisors and brand new agents that are coming into our wonderful industry, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. So if I had one piece of advice for new advisors, the number one thing I would do or that I would tell them to do is find a way to create value. Create value and do something even if you have to do it for free. And I'm a big believer that if you create value, revenue will always follow. And so my focus always is how am I creating value for my client, for an advisor, for, for anyone. My number one question is, how am I creating value? So anyone coming in, getting started, if you've been in the, down the road a little bit, as opposed to asking the question, how can I make money? Ask yourself, how can I create value? You know, Let's go back to what you just said. When you go in and meet with a CPA or an attorney or, or where you're saying, hey, I'm bringing you this idea, shoot holes in it. This seems to be like a a philosophical underpinning or undercurrent of, of who Andrew Van Buren is, because you just kind of said it again. Um, if I go to somebody, uh, and I did this early on in my career too, where I would sit down and say, Hey, look, I just need to practice, right? You know, before I go into the, you know, into the stadium for game time, I'm going to practice. Would you mind if I practice on you? You would be surprised, one, how quickly those people said absolutely, and two, how many of those people end up becoming clients later because they got to see your growth and that you're invested in them and the craft and the profession and the industry. Dude, that is, you're like an old soul, dude. Your <laughs> level of wisdom is off the charts. But, but finally, <clears throat> with all of that said, this is a tough business, right? Especially within anybody under the age of, the average age of a financial advisor, which is like what, 56 now, you know, the, the younger professionals coming into the industry, <clears throat> it can be really, really hard. You can get your wind knocked out of your sails really quickly. So Andrew, what do you do? How do you keep yourself working hard every day and staying focused? Man, some days it's easier than others. That's for sure. But I, I, I have a couple of things that I do on a daily basis. So 
I have a, a coach that I've hired that kind of helps me through this process, but we, I have a daily success shifter that I'm doing on a daily, weekly, and a monthly basis to make sure that I'm hitting goals and that I'm making progress because you have to be accountable to something and to someone. And so you have to look for and celebrate the small victories and the process as opposed to just the results. And so that's the number one thing is as I have a bad day, kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, well, what can I learn? Or what small victories did I have today that will help me get up and do this again tomorrow? Andrew, if if somebody listening wants to learn from you, maybe do some joint work with you, anything along those lines, what's the best way for them to reach out? So I wish I would say go to my website, but it's been like a six-month process and I'm still in like the final development stages because we revamped everything. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn. You can find me, Andrew Van Buren. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. But LinkedIn's probably the easiest way to kind of get a hold of me. I'd love to connect, you know, if we need to have a conversation to answer some questions. I do joint work with clients. I'm sorry, with the, actually with advisors all over the nation because the last thing I would tell you that I didn't say for any advisor is you have to find a niche. I, mm. In my opinion, the days of the generalist are gone. And all of the advisors that I see that are building really successful practices have a very, very special niche. And that's what's allowing them to kind of hit this extreme success. I follow you on LinkedIn and was very impressed with your LinkedIn profile too. So for those of you out there who haven't optimized or maximized or even really done anything to your LinkedIn profile, take a look at Andrews. He's got, uh, it's very motivating. It's very warm. It's very clear. Um, He uses very, very good language uh, that communicates who he is and what makes him truly unique and different. So make sure you go ahead and do that. We'll make sure that we have... uh, uh, links to your your profile, all of your social media profiles, and and hoping hoping when the podcast comes out, your website will be done. <laughs> yeah, if it is eventuswealth.com, it will be there, but who knows if it's going to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Andrew, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? I'm going to say one other thing along the lines of creating value that is a is a medium that I think all advisors need to be looking at is podcasting. You're listening to a podcast now for a reason. I mean, I started a podcast and it doesn't have to necessarily be financially centered, you know, but I think it's such a great way for people to get to know you and for you to be able to reach a ton of people. So my favorite book is The Go-Giver. And one of his laws of success is you have to create an army of walking ambassadors. And that's exactly what a podcast can do for you, Matt. You've done a phenomenal job with this and all the podcasts that you've done. I've listened to your stuff for years and I think it's such a great way to get out there. You may not see dollars from it quickly, but it is something and it is valuable that will pay off in the long run. Well, thanks for that, Andrew. And, and I'm glad that that uh, we're our whole goal is to provide value, uh, just like you've been talking about. I mean, it, you and I seem to be kindred spirits in our philosophy and business and our philosophy and success. And if you want to start a podcast, all you have to do is reach out to your local WealthFest rep, uh, and they have uh, our contact information uh, at Top Advisor Marketing. Uh, and other ways for you to make sure that you can get your voice out there because it is true. Uh, you're listening to a podcast right now. It's a very, very intimate, powerful way to build a relationship with somebody that's entirely scalable and very convenient because your prospects and clients can listen to it when they want to, not when you are trying to do it. So Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun.
All right, Andrew Van Buren, CEO of Eventus Wealth and host of the Nitty Gritty Podcast. And by the way, it is a great podcast. You get right into it. Your guests, I don't know what you do to make the guests so comfortable, but I just listened to a couple of them you know, preparing for the show. Sound quality is great. It just flows super well. So it's good. We'll, we'll make sure that we have a link to Nitty Gritty too, because you guys should really listen to that podcast. It's it's not what you think, but it's better than you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is, dude. So uh, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you click that subscribe button below. And if you have any topic ideas or guest ideas, please reach out to your local WealthFest rep and say, hey, I've got an idea for the 99 Best Podcast. Uh, and or you can email me directly at matt at topadvisorm, and that M is for marketing.com. So for everybody at WealthFest, this is Matt Halloran and for Andrew Van Buren. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing do not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.